have a Bible, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to pick up today where I left off in Ephesians, starting in verse 1 through 20. I do want to say how much I appreciate Todd. I was out last week, had a chance to go visit my son over in Texas, and um, I know Todd did a great job, was able to listen to that and read some of that, how he talked about how we have to uh, do a heart check, and I, I kind of want you to remember those points, is that Jesus is the one who does a diagnosis on our heart, and Jesus is the one who has a prescription and also the prognosis, because the heart is so so important, and so we gotta we got to check and guard our heart so often um, because of what the Bible teaches us. It's such an important thing, and I see Todd walk back in here appreciative of that. It was a good a good message. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Todd. You know, Todd has got a lot on his plate, a lot going on with uh, the kids stuff that he's doing on, on uh, Wednesday night. I don't know if you've been seeing some of those videos, but the kids are loving that, you know, with his regular job and then what he's doing up here and, and taking his classes online. So, 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 so appreciative for, for Todd and all that he does. And, um, you know, it's, it's really what the church is about is everybody doing their part and working together. And so I hope that, that you're uh, doing your part. We're going to pick up here in Ephesians 5. I want you to stand. I have a little bit of an extended reading, um, you know, so that we're not preaching for the next two years on Ephesians. I'm going to cover a few more verses um, and try to do it a little bit broader. But I don't, I don't want to neglect this reading because, you know, Paul is very, very straightforward. There's lots of things here, and we're going to talk about that. But I don't want to start and read down to verse 20. He says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. We've seen stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why, as it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May he bless the public reading of his word. You may be seated. Now the apostle here continues on and he's addressing a number of issues <clears throat> that, that we find here in Ephesus. And I think that, that we would all agree that many things are the same today as they've always been. Our tendency is to think that it's always worse in these days or better, depending on how we feel things are going. But the truth is, the world keeps spinning around. 
and there's plenty of evil and there's plenty of good and there's plenty of ups and there's plenty of downs. And the truth is it's going to continue spinning and it's going to continue going until the day that the Lord sees fit to bring this to a close. We do not know when that is. Jesus himself said he did not know when it was. He said only the Father in heaven knew. So, so let's not get distracted by all the folks who are constantly worried about the end of times and what's going to be next. What's next is tomorrow and the next day and figuring out how to literally imitate God as a believer, to live as a person of the light. You see, Paul was very much in a series of evil days. There was a corrupt government. The Roman Empire was as corrupt as you can imagine. There was tremendous impurity and idolatry and all sorts of sexual sins and deviations that, that, that would rival even the evil we see in our day. And the truth is, if you look for evil, you can find it. Evil is all over the place. Evil is what happens whenever there is no light. And so Paul knew about those days. You and I know about those days. If you don't think the world's evil, just turn on the news. Just turn on and look and see where we have people who are saying what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong, what's up is down, what's back is forward. So, so this is part of the human experience. And it has been since the fall of humanity. This should not surprise us. The question is, how do I, how do we live as those who imitate God as opposed to who? The father of lies, the evil one. So we, we want to imitate God and we want to, I like this phrase, live as people of light. The opposite of light is what? Actually, I don't know that there is. It's, it's darkness. It's really the absence of light. And so, so we're going to answer some questions this morning. Be very, very quick. Um, but, but how do we live and imitate God and live as people of the light? There, there's a number of things that he says here. But the first, the first thing that we have to do if we want to imitate God and we want to live as people of the light is that we have to be careful. Be careful how you live. Now, careful may not be the exact best thing for us. It is it's the translation that's there, but, but also, what we think of as careful is always caution, but it's not just caution. This particular word is more like discerning or it's, it's have great care for how you live. Now, why do you have to have great care to how you live? Well, there's a whole long list of all the things that will get you off track. And we don't have to go into all of those, but, but look at some of them. Sexual immorality, greed, obscenities, impurities. All of these things are out there looking to distract us, looking for us to get off track. How many people in the world today have carelessly gotten themselves into big time trouble because of sexual immorality? our greed, our impurity, or all these things like that. Look, it's very simple. These are not for you. If you want to imitate God, you got to move away from those things, all right? You cannot walk in those directions. You cannot allow those things to influence you. You have to, to, to redirect if you want to be careful. And that's illustrated by this discrepancy between wisdom and foolishness. If there's anything I see in the world, it's tremendous foolishness today instead of people who are being wise. Listen to what the book of wisdom Proverbs says in verses 16 of chapter 14. 
It says the wise are careful and avoid danger. You see, they're careful. There's care to their life. They're avoiding the pitfalls. You know how many people over the years have been broken and they've told me, well, this is not what I intended to happen. Whether it's a result of drugs, or broken relationships, finances, it's like, I, this isn't what I intended to happen. Well, guess what? Because they were careless in the things that they did. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Proverbs 22, 3 says, a prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. Listen to this. But the simpleton, the fool, the naive goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now, this is not how we're supposed to be. See, when you're a, a person who's imitating God, a person who's going to live in the light, you're supposed to be wise. You're supposed to observe what's going on around you. You're not supposed to just barrel off into things that get yourself into trouble and bring consequences not only to you, but to other people. You see, in your sphere of influence, there are people that you are an authority over. And whenever you suffer consequences, guess what happens by nature? They suffer consequences too. This is why it's so important for parents to, to use wisdom because your children can suffer grave consequences because of your poor decisions. Employers, business owners, law enforcement personnel, all these, when you, any sphere of authority that you have influence, if you suffer consequences, sometimes many people under you do as well. So we have to be careful how we live. Now, I don't know if how many of you have ever heard this little song. If I was a singer, I'd sing it. Um, but I like to sing and make music in my heart, kind of like we're going to talk about later, not necessarily in front of the mic like some of you folks are really talented at doing. But if you were a kid, do you ever remember the song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little mind, what you think. Be careful, little heart, who you trust. That's a perfect song to illustrate this point. Be careful. Take care what you see. Take care what you hear. Take care what you say. Take care how you think. See, you get, to, you get to take care of that. If you don't take care of it, guess what? You will be bombarded by all of the influencers. And let me tell you, Lewis can tell you this. We've had discussions about the millions of dollars that people pay to influence how you think, what you see, how you hear. You know, I, I was reading an article that was so interesting about talking about how, how people are influenced you know, is, is back in the late 1800s, okay? Um, a company that many of you know, I'm not going to say the name, all right? They had a, an, an, a, a lot of cottonseed that they didn't have anything to do with, and it was costing them money to get rid of it. And so, so they figured out that, wait, we could take this cottonseed and we could hyd hydrog hydrogenate it or something like that, and they could make oil out of it, and they could, make, they could ultimately make a product that's like shortening. All right, and it's, it's a particular product. And so then instead of having the expense of getting rid of all this cottonseed, they could turn it into a product that they could sell. And so they went on a huge, at the time, one of the most expensive marketing campaigns and public relations campaigns 
to make that product the new go-to in cooking. They started giving away cookbooks with every purchase of a thing of Crisco. And guess what happened? As a generation of people started using Crisco and they started getting cookbooks, what became the go-to there? Where in the past, for most all of human history, it had been lard or it had been butter that was used. The point is, and I'm not, look, I'm not here to tell anybody about health, okay? I'm still got, I got my own, you know, stuff I got to do. So I'm not making a judgment. I'm just telling you that there are lots of forces in this world that will direct you to think and act and hear and go and do all of that if you aren't careful to control how you live. You may think you're in control, but if you're not careful, you will be led wherever you want to go. So many of us watch some TV and we see that the news or the media or different people are able to twist and to turn and to take you where they want you to go. As a believer, if you want to imitate God, you got to be careful how you live so that you are not led astray. The second way that we see in this passage that we can imitate God and live as people of the light is not just be careful how you live, but number two, make the most of every opportunity. You realize God wants you to capitalize on opportunity. There's so many verses I could choose. Look, God doesn't like lazy. God doesn't like unproductive people. I mean, you need to get your mind wrapped around that, okay? Like, you remember the fig tree that Jesus was walking by and it didn't bear any fruit, what he said to do with it? He said, cut it down. You see, for, for you not to make the most of every opportunity is not living the way God wants you to live. God wants you to fulfill your purpose. He wants you to be productive. He wants you to accomplish things. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He wants us to do meaningful, important things. Make the most of every opportunity. Listen to what Colossians 4 verses 5 and 6 says. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And here it's talking about make the most of every opportunity to share a good word with people. And you want to know one of the reasons people today don't capitalize on opportunities is they have let their mouth get them off track. They weren't careful with what they said. They weren't careful with how they said it. Look what it says right there. He says, let your conversation, your speech, be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Look, the way we talk is important. We're, we're supposed to, to talk with, with, with graciousness, with kindness, in appropriate ways. Look, we all can see that that's a big problem for a lot of people in the world today. They just don't know when to shut up. They just can't stop talking. They can't say things that are nice. Look, what was it your grandma used to tell you if you don't have anything nice to say what? Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Now, you can disagree with people. You can actually correct people and do it in a nice way. Some of you are good at that. You've done it to me. My parents do it to me. They're nice. They're loving. But guess what? They tell you the truth. See, you have to make the most of every opportunity when you get a chance to, to, to influence people. If you've talked in the wrong kind of ways or you've not lived in the right kind of ways, guess what? You've squandered an opportunity. Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that God's given you in your life? Some of you are tremendous influencers. I mean, we have people in here who have achieved the highest level of education in their field that you can get. 
All right? We have people who are over lots of other people. I mean, we have people in here who carry a gun around and make people do stuff. We have people who own businesses. We have people who have people's lives in their very hand. So tremendous influencers. Let me ask you this. Are you taking advantage of the opportunity to influence people towards the light? Or is all of that opportunity that you have, that mental knowledge, the way you can articulate things, your financial resources, are you using those as an opportunity to grow God's kingdom and to influence people towards the light? Or, worst case scenario, are you pushing them to the darkness? But probably not so much that. Are you just so consumed by what you're doing that you don't have time to worry about God's agenda? You're on your agenda. And that's where most of us fall victim to, right? So we're busy trying to live and we're, we have not yet figured out the best way to integrate our own life into influencing other people towards what God wants to do. Now, we, we get it right some, and hopefully by being here and inviting others and doing different things, but our call is to become more effective in reaching other people for the light. How do we do that? We make the most of every opportunity, and like this, in these evil days. Listen, if we don't do it, do you realize some people will suffer tremendous harm? I had a discussion with someone this week, and he was telling me about his life. And there was a lot of sadness involved in it to me. He was raised by a single mother. You could tell had a very difficult childhood. Traveled quite a bit. No security in his relationships. No security in where he went to school. No security in different things. And, and as the story of this person's life unfolded, you could see some of the heartache and the pain that was associated with all of the darkness that had been a part of their life. And immediately I thought, over those years, who was God trying to use to bring them light? If that was the single mother who didn't have any food and their, their lights and her light was got turned off and as a result things happened, was there a church down the street? Was there a neighbor who was faithful to try to be at church every Sunday who didn't even see what was going on? Who wasn't there? And I don't know, I was speculating, but I thought in my own life, man, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who's got his blinders on trying to get to church, trying to do something for God, and all the while missing what God really is wanting me to do to take advantage of every opportunity. You know, Jesus told a story just like that. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? How the guy, the Samaritan, and it was the only one, he was the unlikely one who helped. Because the priest and the Levite and all the church folks, they had to get to church. They couldn't stop and help somebody. That's not taking advantage of every opportunity. We want to imitate God. If we want to live as people of the light, we got to make the most of every opportunity we're given. At work, in our relationships, don't squander your time and your energy and your talents. Make the most of them. Third, how do we imitate God and live as people of the life of the light? We got to stay under control. I want you to look at how he says this right here. He says, "Don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do." And then he goes into this: "Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life." 
Because what does wine, too much wine, getting drunk do? It causes you to lose control. It causes you not to think properly, not to make good decisions. Look, many a bad decision has made because people had too much wine or too much beer or too much alcohol. But that's not the only thing that causes someone to lose control. Anger, we've talked about that. Paul's talked about it. Greed, anxiety, any of these things that overcome us will cause us to lose control. And when we do that, we're not imitating God. We're not living as a person or people under light. We're supposed to stay under control. Let me ask you this. In your life, are you under the control of God and self-control? All right? Look what it says right here in Proverbs 25, verse 28. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. You see, in the ancient world, if you didn't have walls around the city, you were susceptible to what? You were susceptible to attack. And when you were attacked in the ancient world, really bad things happened. People were tortured. Women were raped. Children were stolen, taken off into slavery. So walls were very, very important. And the Bible says that if you don't have self-control, you're just like a person who has no walls. Really bad things can happen. Listen, every day we read about people who have destroyed their life because what? They didn't have self-control. They could not control their urges, their urge of anger, their urge of sexuality, their urge for the need for drugs, whatever. Their urge to get more, have more. We got to be under control if we want to live as a person of the light. Proverbs 12, 16. Listen to this verse here. It says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. You know why I wanted to point that out? Is foolish people who aren't under control, when they, when, listen, when people say things they don't like, they feel insulted, which they're going to. We live in a world where everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's got what they think's right, and it may disagree from yours, and sometimes they're bad people, and people who are not, who are not bad but say bad things. Like, they're going to say things that annoy you or that aggravate you. A foolish person shows how annoyed you are immediately when someone does that. And what happens? Beginning of losing self-control. What does the wise person do? Overlooks an insult. You know how many marriages are torn apart because one or the other can't overlook an insult? Listen, you're going to say something to somebody they don't like. You're going to say something that's not right or right. That's part of life. Maturity and being like God is overlooking an insult. You remember what, Je what I talked about Jesus? I mean, I wasn't even tying this in, but when they were, they were doing all these bad things to him, he saw the importance of what his mission on the cross was to be greater than correcting their wrong in the moment. You realize some people are losing the war in their life, in their relationships, in their finances, at their work, because they're getting lost in trivial battles with people over nothing. Sometimes you got to let stuff go and you got to be wise enough to realize at what point is there worth conflict here. You want to overlook an insult if you're wise. I'm not saying you agree with them. I'm not saying you empower them to keep doing it. I'm just saying you don't wear your feelings on your sleeve and you don't get upset so that now you lose control. Because when you get angry, when you get hurt, are you more likely to be under control or are you going to be out of control? Absolutely, you're going to be out of control. 
Proverbs 14, 15, listen to this. Only simpletons, foolish people, believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. Listen, simple-minded people believe everything everyone tells them, and then they get themselves in trouble. You've got to control your own thoughts. You've got to control the information that comes to you. And in these days and age, what do you got to do? You can't even trust pictures. They alter pictures. They alter videos. Everything's altered, so you have to even be more cautious because everybody's got proof of everything, but it can't all be true. So you got to take all of these things captive, and that leads me to Colossians 2. I want to read a few verses right here to you. Paul's writing to the Colossians, and he says in chapter 2 of verse 2, he says, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And look what he t- why he's telling them this. He doesn't leave you to have to figure it out. He says, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. And if you jump down to eight, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. You see, many people are out of control in their life because they bought into well-crafted nonsense, high-sounding arguments, people who spout off information, but it's not correct. And you, you can't be an expert in everything. You can't even have an informed opinion on everything. People ask me all the time, what do you think about this? I don't think about that. I don't even know enough to even make a good response. See, that's wisdom. Like everybody's trying to, whether it's a click on an internet or to do this, they want you to have an opinion that's informed about everything. You can't. What you can do is say, I don't know. I can go listen. I can go learn. Look, there are times when I have to tell people, man, I don't even care. Like, I know that's important to you. And I say, go do all, go after it, but I don't care. I can only do what I can do because what? I have to be in control of my life or under the control of the spirit in my life. Listen, how many people look like an idiot because they say things, post things, do things, act things on information that's wrong or that they didn't have all the story. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to be sucked into that because there are plenty of deceivers on every side of an issue. What do you have to do? You've got to be under control in the way that you think. 2 Corinthians 10, and we have to remember this. You see, there's a lot of bad information on a lot of things. There's a lot of dangerous information. And this has never been more apparent in my life than what I see during this political season, okay? And so we can get discouraged and we can get emotional about things. What I want to encourage you to remember through all of that is what Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, for though we live in this world, and we do, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
You see, when you encounter people in your life who you feel are deceived by well-crafted arguments and by all of this high-minded nonsense, do you pray for them? You see, you don't need to try to have an argument on Facebook with them. That's not going to get you anywhere. You don't need to try to have an argument with them in person. You don't need to try to preach to them. What you need to do is you need to pray for them because strongholds, demonic arguments and things like that have people deceived in this life. And the only thing that demolishes demonic strongholds and all these arguments and pretension that have got people confused is prayer. It's God. And let me tell you, there are plenty of people who are, who are terribly confused and they're terribly misled. And we have to help them through prayer and by doing what? Taking every one of our own thoughts captive. Let me ask you this. Do you take your thoughts captive to make them come in line with Christ? Or do your thoughts have you captive? People in a lot of trouble in life because they allow their own thoughts to take them captive. You see, every person has bad thoughts. Every person has dark thoughts that come into their mind because Guess what? There's an enemy in this world. And the enemy, the Bible says, is like a roaring lion. He's seeking to steal, kill, destroy, devour you. And so what he's doing is he's orchestrating things to put negative, bad, powerfully destructive thoughts in your mind. And when they come in, do you take them captive and say, no, I will not act on that. I will not allow myself to begin feeling because of this. Do you take those captive or... Have you allowed all these negative, destructive, bad thoughts to take you captive? Let me tell you, that will lead to tremendous heartache and tremendous pain. Finally, careful how you live. Make the most of every opportunity. Stay under control. Give thanks for everything, which is basically what? gratitude. You want to know how to imitate God? Be grateful. You just can't hardly be down if you're grateful. Those two don't exist together. See, if you're grateful for what you do have, you can't be discouraged about what you don't have. If you're grateful for the good things, you may recognize the bad things, but you're so thankful that you got this. Look, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ. Are there some circumstances in your life that are bad? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there some relationship problems in your life? Absolutely. If you're married or in a relationship, there are some things that are not hunky-dory or great about that relationship. This is humanity, all right? But do you give thanks for the good things in that relationship? If you have kids, your kids are not always doing everything that you want them to do. Do you give thanks for them at your job, at all the places that you live and act? Are you giving thanks in everything? Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. Psalms 107.1, oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Are you giving thanks for everything in your life? Good, bad? How many of us can look back at something that was kind of bad in the moment? I mean, it was real bad. Maybe that was painful. Maybe it was a struggle. But God used that to bring us to where we are. 
You see, that's what God does. That's why you give him thanks for everything. Because he can take what's bad and he can make it good. You know, we don't always see the whole picture. We only get one small snapshot and that's right now. God has a panoramic view of what's going on. And so he, he's working on our behalf. What we got to focus on is doing what he wants us to do. By, by, by staying focused and being careful how we live, by, by making the most of every opportunity and by staying under control, guess what happens? Now we align ourselves with what he wants. And so we can give thanks in everything that's happening because at the end of the day, what does Romans 8 tell us? All things are working together for our own good. They're leading us to the place that God wants us to be. As the praise team comes up and leads us in a closing song today, I guess I have a couple of questions. You know, the first one is, and you see the recap there, but the first question that I have for you is, you know, ask yourself this question. Am I, or who am I imitating? What does my life imitate? I mean, if you're honest today, does your life imitate someone who's following God? Or does your life imitate someone who's following themselves? Or maybe even you're here today and you're like, man, my, my life's imitating somebody who's following the darkness. Honesty is the first step. If you're following self or the darkness, it's time to make a commitment to say, well, wait a minute, I need to redirect here. I need to kind of get back on track. And the second one is, am I a person of the light? Do you shine light to other people? When people think of you, and they, when your name comes up in a conversation, do they go, oh, man, yeah, yeah, that guy or that girl, yeah, they, well, they're, they're, they bring light to the situation. Or is something else said? You see, this is our goal. Christ is wanting to make all of us imitators of God and people who are the light. You know, as they lead us in this, I'm going to ask you to stand you know, maybe you think about some of the scriptures today, some of the things that God wants to speak to you. And then my hope and prayer is that you can take them and you can implement those things and make them a part of what he's trying to do in your life. Let's pray. God, during this next couple of moments, help us to hear your word, to listen to your spirit, and to learn how to better imitate you in our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.